and welcome to episode 4 of the WNL Show. Aaron Clark here once again in the hot seat and coming up today I have a feature interview with Man City and Ireland international Megan Campbell who discusses signing a new contract with Manchester City, life at Florida State University and returning to the Republic of Ireland women's national team after 15 months out. At this time I'm joined by Megan Campbell. Megan welcome to the show. Hey Aaron, thanks for having me. It's fair to say it's been a, quite a, few, a good few days for yourself. You signed a new Manchester City contract the other day. You must be pleased to get that done so early in the, se- the summer. Yeah, definitely. It was something that I was looking to get completed before I left um, to enjoy my summer and thankfully I was able to do so over the last few weeks. It's been going back and forth and um, it was finally announced on Monday, so I was pretty happy. After the performance, since you returned from injury, were you always confident that you might get a new deal with them? Um, no, I think when I came back, obviously, like you said, I had to prove myself on the pitch and I was able to thankfully do that with the help of the team, with my teammates and, and the staff and all involved, getting me back fully fit. So for me, it was just... Yeah, being able to, to get on the grass and do what I can do best and thankfully they were able to see see part of that and so yeah I could say in a, in a sense I was quite confident that something would be offered back but it was whether things would be right for me and whether I thought that it was the right move to take so thankfully it ended up being the right one. It's fair to say you've had a horrid 18 months, you were injured at the Australia Cup then you come back and, and you play a couple of games for City and get injured again it must have been probably one of the hardest times of your career. it was obviously I've had a a big injury before over in the States when I broke my foot but this was I think mentally a lot tougher for me because I literally just signed for City and you know you want to get off to a good start and I went off to the worst possible start I think you could as a professional footballer getting injured straight away and it was very mentally tough because at the time I didn't know the team and I didn't know the girls very well but um, I think Unfortunately for me, but unfortunately for two other girls, Izzy and Kira had both long-term injuries as well with me, so that helped me get through the first part of the year being injured, and I finally got back playing, and I thought, that's it now, it's, you know, it's going good now, and then we went to Reading and got another long-term injury there and ended up needing surgery, so that put me back another eight months, and it brought me to February, March, to try and get myself fit this year, and I think when, when Wembley came around and I was playing in Wembley in front of 35,000 people in an FA Cup final, I think. You know, the, all the hard work had paid off over the last 18 months. Did you ever expect to be offered the new contract, especially last season, when you were off the, the Spring Series contract? Did you ever expect that, considering you are over so long? Uh, it was a tough one. You know, between me and Major, we had spoke about it. You know, we, weren't, we knew that something long-term wasn't going to come of it, but I knew that if they wanted me in, you know, to see me long term and to actually see what my potential was, that they would offer me something else because they know. And uh, I've been speaking with the manager Nick and, and with Gavin, and you know they did want to keep me, and it was just a, a case of you have to prove your fitness in order to get a long term contract. So I think I knew something was coming through. It was just then using that six months to my advantage, which thankfully in the end they ended up doing. What was the overall emotion making the comeback against Birmingham the second time? Yeah, it was an unbelievable feeling, I think. For me, you mean as in Wembley? No, when you come on as a, a sub for making your first WSL Spring Series appearance after the injury. Oh, were you nervous? Yeah, yeah, definitely. My heart was going 90 mile an hour and he told me to go and warm up. And I think, I, to be honest, I didn't expect it because I had spoke with the medical staff and the physio and they had said, right, we're going for the for your next game, for you to, to start and play some minutes and just build them up from there. And I was like, okay, perfect. And then Nick called me up and was like, mate, go get warmed up. And I, I just, I did, like, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> um, but obviously you're excited to get back on the grass with the team again. And 
back in our home stadium. It's always nice to get back playing there. So, yeah, I was really excited and just tried to obviously do the best I could with 20 minutes that I had got given. How hard was it to keep motivated during this whole period? I think for me, I was quite lucky in a sense where I had the team. I had gelled well with a good few of the players and, you know, so had the backing of all the, all, all the team and the staff on top of that was unbelievable to me and treated me with the high respect and I think I had the best medical staff in the league so I knew that I was going to get back stronger physically and mentally and um, I think I can see it in my own appearance uh, that you know physically I've got a lot stronger and mentally I think I feel a lot better within myself too knowing that I've gone through it and you know just knowing that you can go through anything like that now if it ever does reoccur which hopefully fingers crossed it never does you were living with some of the city players. Does that help as well? Yeah, definitely. I was living with Lucy, uh, Kieran, and Demi, and a big part of it was when you're not in team and obviously you're not training and being able to play with the girls on the grass. It's it's nice to still have that feeling of being involved, I guess, um, away from football. So to have them around was obviously a, a great bonus for me, and it it kept me mentally in check with what was going on and um, just not not having that feeling of being left out, I guess. You missed out on the Champions League, but that must have been a huge boost for the club, especially to get reaching the Champions League semi-final. It would have brought a lot of spotlight onto the club, but personally missing out must be disappointed, especially considering your last experience in the Champions League would have been with St. Francis. Yeah, I think firstly, obviously the girls did really, really well in the Champions League and done better than I think most expected getting to the semi-final. And, you know, a big staff for us was Leon have only lost twice in the last seven years, I think, at home in Champions League. And, and we were one of those teams to beat them. So we know as a club going forward that, you know, we're, we're able to to play against these top teams and Leon being the eventual winner is like, you're, you're not too happy to lose in the semi-final, but to lose to them, you know, it makes it feel a little bit better. Uh, but yeah, for me personally, it was, it was tough not obviously being involved and when you're, not, when you're injured and you, you're doing rehab and stuff, you're not unfortunately allowed to travel. So uh, it, was, it was even tougher in that sense because you couldn't be around the team and in such big occasions but you know I knew my time would come again and I knew the team we haven't been in Champions League would, would get Champions League uh, round of 32 and hopefully further on this year in this league so for me you know I just had to work towards that and get myself back on the grass you know any game is important to to me and playing in that City jersey whether it has in the name of Champions League FA Cup League or Continental Cup you know to me it's just another game and every game is as important as each other so I just wanted to get back on the grass. You speak about the Continental Cup and the Women's Super League. In your first season, despite only making three, three league appearances, you have a winner's medal in both competition. That must be pleasing, like, especially considering how success you've had in other leagues. Going to City and starting off with a, with a victory must be must be pleasing. Yeah, definitely. I was very very happy when I, when I signed for the team and I knew that they were going to go places and win medals and, and that's why you want to go to the big teams like that. And, I think for me personally, I would have obviously liked to have been more involved. Like you said, I only playing three league games due to injury. But you know, next year comes around, and I think a sign of a very successful team. Well, a good team will win medals in one year, you know, but a great team will continuously win them. And so my aim is obviously to get back and get more game time, but to win medals. And I think as a team, we just want to be more successful and continue to win those trophies. How did the initial move to City come about? Um, I just come back from America and. Um, one of the girls actually was from the Florida State College that I was at was over on trial and they were looking for a left back slash centre half and she said do you know Megan Campbell and I guess that's where it all just came about we seen some videos on YouTube from me being over in the, in the States and thankfully it, it worked out well and 
they invited me over for a week to train with the team to see where I fit in and if I liked it. And I think I went home on the Friday and on the Monday I had got a call to, to travel to Abu Dhabi on Wednesday. So it wasn't bad timing for me on my on my front. You make your city debut in Abu Dhabi against Melbourne. Like I know it's only a friendly, but to be have the opportunity to do these sort of things in pre-season is something unheard of in the women's game especially. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, playing at a top club like Man City, you're going to get these great opportunities given to you. And I think you just have to take them with both hands when you get that chance. Um, thankfully, I was able to get some minutes, as you said, against Melbourne over in over in Abu Dhabi, and yeah, it was just an unbelievable experience to be there. And not really knowing the team that much, you know, I, I think I had a lot to prove and to show the girls what I was about. And I think that was one of the first times I threw the ball in as well. So it was quite funny talking to Steph after, where she she didn't realise how far I would actually go, um, and quite underestimated it. But yeah, it's just I think that those things kind of help me then gel within the team you know like banter going around about that and stuff so yeah it was just a nice easy trip to to get used to the team and to to i guess gel with them but i really enjoyed the experience overall and hopefully it'll be more like it soon I remember actually I watched that game in college I was sitting in the back of a college lecture theatre and I just had my laptop with me and I remember streaming and like when you come on it was just a sense that oh, this could be the start of something excellent for you and it's a shame that it hasn't but as you said you spoke about the FA Cup earlier were you ever expecting to play in that game? No definitely not I've said on multiple time, multiple occasions to, to multiple people that uh, when he named the team on the Friday before the, we travelled down he, he went across the back line and when he got to my name and said Campbell, I, I don't, like, I didn't hear the rest of the team. I couldn't, I was just in shock. Like, I couldn't believe the fact that he had chosen me to play and, and trusted in my ability and stuff after being so long out. And you also spoke before that that you, you said you are on restricted minutes. So was that ever a worry that you wouldn't be involved at all because of that s- scenario? Yeah, definitely. For me, it was, I thought, building up your minutes, you're going to get some game time. You're going to go from 30 to 45 to 60. And just a week previous, I started and played 60 minutes against um, Bristol. So I thought, you know what, that's me maybe being in the show, being in the squad. didn't think I would be in there. I didn't think I would be in the team, if I'm being honest. Because being still restricted to 75, 77 minutes, I ended up playing in the FA Cup final. But, you know, I knew, I knew that was a risk that he would have to take if he was to put me in the in the squad, let alone the team. And when he did, I was just, you know, obviously honoured to be able to wear the jersey and to perform in Wembley for not only Man City, but to represent Ireland and I'm a family and everyone back home, you know, so it was just a, an unbelievable achievement, personally. Talking about the whole Wembley experience, we've seen for men's games, and I've seen from one or two of the Birmingham players on social media put stuff up, like the whole dressing room is decorated in the city colours and all, you have your own picture and all up above your name and all. Um, yeah, so uh, each team had it obviously done differently, I know. I've seen some of the Birmingham players, ones on their Instagram, like you just said, but Ours all had messages from our fan base, basically, because we've got a very good fan base in City, and I th- I'd say it's one of the best in the league. And so they had messages that people had tweeted and put them on a big backboard for us behind everyone's chairs just to show like the support and to show that everyone was behind us. So it was re- it was really thoughtful and touching thing to, to see as you as you go in. It kind of chills your ner- like calms your nerves as such, and just takes the focus away from such a big occasion. What was the bus ride to Wembley like that day? You're going to a stadium that holds 90,000 people. I know there was only 30 on it at the day, but what's the bus ride to Wembley like? Well, it was quite short, to be honest, because <laughs> we literally, the Hilton Hotel is a two-minute walk from the um, stadium, so it wasn't too long, thankfully, because my nerves were, 
I couldn't handle it. But um, yeah, you just I was just listening to music and trying to just zone out of and focus on on my job at hand, which thankfully I was able to do. But those situations are always going to be nerve wracking, struggling to eat the day of the game and stuff like that. But I think once you get on the grass and you warm up and you see where you're playing and. You know, at the end of the day, it's just a game of football. Whether the occasion is different or the stadium's different, you're still only playing 11 v 11, and it's just trying to keep that in your head and, and getting yourself focused on the game at hand. A 4-1 victory, it's quite an impressive uh, impressive win, but you popped up with two assists. The one that st- sticks out to me is you've created a reputation for yourself for the long throw-ins. Not many people have seen the quality of delivery that you can put in with the left foot. Yeah, I think obviously being injured, you don't... Not many people are going to see that. Um, and so when you're playing little minutes and trying to get results, I think a long throw comes in handy quite easily, more so than relying on a free kick or a set piece to come about. So for me, it was that's, I, I guess that's why people people uh, hung on to that as a long throw and stuff like that. But yeah, like you said, I do I do think I have a, a bit of an all right left foot and it, it, it is nice to be then recognised for being able to do stuff with your feet <laughs> as a footballer. So... It's, inter- yeah, it nice. it's interesting they say just an alright left foot considering I've seen some goals you've scored which I'll talk about in a little bit later but even Carly Lloyd praising your deliveries from the left foot yeah I mean when you when you have one of the best if not the best player in the world talking about your left foot and, and praising it it's not you're not doing too bad are you but you know I still have a lot to prove I, I still know I can do a lot better and I'm not 100% fit yet either so when my time comes this season hopefully I'll be able to do a lot more with it and um, yeah, just to be able to showcase what I can actually do would be a really nice feeling. We're just speaking about not expecting to play the FA Cup. Did the family travel over? Yeah, my dad travelled over. Um, my uncle David lives in London, so he came up to the game. Um, my cousin, my cousin uh, Porg was there as well. He lives in London too. So, And then they had some of their friends at the game and mum and all the sisters and stuff were watching it back home because they unfortunately couldn't travel but I think you knew that they were there and they were watching I think we stood out on the pitch uh, just before the national anthem was played and I turned to Kylie and I said guess where my family is just joking because there was just one Irish flag in the crowd and of 35,000 people you couldn't miss it um, so for me that was a very nice feeling to to see that and I think it calmed the nerves a little bit to know you know like they're there with you and stuff and yeah, it was it was just a really nice feeling. What was Carly's reaction when you said that? She just started giggling. She just she just couldn't believe it. But I think for us it was just well, I had said it to Carly as well. Like, well, um, that we were the only two non-English players in that starting eleven. So for me that was a big deal already. And then to see the Irish flag was was even bigger moment for me personally. And to see my dad there because obviously he's brought me to every training session, every game. I mean, a lot of the girls that I played with in Raheen and all that, like, joke and stuff, like, he's like my little chauffeur, like, he takes me everywhere. Um, And so I'm very thankful for that, and I was thankful I was able to give it back to him on the day, and and to see him there was obviously really, really touching. What's his thoughts, though? His daughter has made it in probably one of the the up-and-coming leagues, probably one of the best better teams in Europe. What's his thoughts now, considering all this driving that he'd done all the years ago? He must be extremely proud. I'm, I'm sure he's a bit biased if if you talk to him I'm sure anyone will say he's a bit biased towards me um, but it's just it's just nice to be able to, to give it back to him my mum my sisters and stuff because at the end of the day they, they gave up a lot every week to to try and help me achieve a dream and 
you know, it was my dream to play in Wembley and to be able to, to do that and to make it worth their while, basically, was, was a really nice feeling. Just on one more thing, a few more things on City before I actually want to talk about Florida as well. But we see now with the WSL, it's moving back to winter football, where over here we've gone to summer football now. What is your thoughts on the whole switching back to winter? Is it more beneficial or would you rather play summer football? I think for me personally, I think it's a good thing. Um, it runs then from, well, obviously you start pre-season in, in August, but your season starts September 23rd and it runs the whole way through May. Um, for me, this year it was, aside from the spring series, the last season that we played in, we ended up being out of season to then play the round of 32 and round of eight, um, 16 had we not had the spring series. And then obviously you have the FA Cup on top of that. So I think it's good for us, the fact that all the cups and, and things like that are run all while we're in season because I think that was a big thing for the likes of Leon and stuff they were still all in season while we had become out of season when we had to play the round of 32 uh, round of 16 so yeah I think it can only be a good thing and then when it comes to international football as well you know it runs in in conjunction with um, our qualifiers so you're always going to be in season for when those games come up aside from the June, July and August games so you know for me I think Personally, it can only help with my fitness um, to keep my fitness better. And I think for our country, hopefully to have more fully fit players all year round fit, I think it, it can only be a good thing, yeah. In 2012-13, you, you were involved with Rohini. You won the Women's National League. You also won the FAI Cup. And then you made the decision to move to Florida. Why Florida? Uh, for me, I think I wanted to continue my education. It wasn't just about football for me because I know personally going through a lot of injuries if anything was to happen that you have something to fall back on and as a female footballer you know that football doesn't last so long for for you and so I wanted that education behind me and that degree behind me to be able to to turn to it after or to fall back on if needed if need be um so that's basically why I chose to go to college and doing two years in Carlo IT Carlo before I then got a phone call to ask if I wanted to go out to Florida State was they were also two crucial years in in me getting to where I am today um, and developing as a player, training with boys week in, week out. So when I got the move, as you said, to, to Florida State, I couldn't turn it down. Um, I went over for an official visit, they call it, where you get to go for two days and have a look around the campus. And when I seen what I was being offered, you know, I couldn't turn it down. And so I thought to myself, you know, give it a try. And if, if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, at least you can come home and say you've tried it. So... But when I went there in, in that following June, absolutely loved it and yeah, never looked back. You had a really successful time there as well. You're, I think you're the first Irish person to win an NCAA Women's Division One football title, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's not it's not a bad um, not a bad t- competition to win. It's obviously the biggest one in college football. With I think it's like something of 250 something teams are are available to get to that number one spot. Um, Eventually, it starts at around 64, but yeah, to, to be able to, to play in that national championship, obviously we did it the year previous and lost to UCLA in overtime, they call it. Um, so to be able to do and, and win it the next year in Florida was a, was a great achievement for not only me personally, but for the college itself, with it being the first national championship that's won. It's fair to say it's quite a mad season in America. Like, it runs from, what's August to December. It's quite a short, compact season, isn't it? Yeah, you play to 30 to 36 games within what is it four or five months um it, it's not you're playing two games a week non-stop for us you're playing in 30 degrees heat so it's not always the nicest but as a footballer that's what you want to be doing you want to be playing games and 
to be able to do that on a regular basis was was obviously really nice for me and it helped me develop and my fitness levels then went up and yeah it's just something else that I can say that I've experienced. Was it hard mixing the study with the football because you say you play two games a week? No I think the college had worked it really well for athletes specifically you have tutoring where you can go to them after hours um, and get extra study if need be so basically you go from classes from between nine and two I think is class time and don't do training until after that so then between three and six you're covered within an athlete type time uh, regime with football where we would have then trained from three to say half four maybe if you need to do some video analysis or stuff like that you'd, you'd have it all within that time frame and then you go home about six and then you do your studying or you can go back over to um to where the tutors are and get you covering them there as well so no I think they, they worked it really well and you know academics over there comes first obviously if you don't have the grades you don't play so they don't look down upon your grades and look at football first that's actually something very interesting though that they look at the grades first before the football and especially considering you spoke that your academics was quite important to you that must be pleasing because it means that you have to keep up the academics there's no opportunity just to let them slack yeah definitely and being um, I think a footballer and if anyone knows me I'm not the best in school so it made me focus and stuff like that on, on what I wanted to do and achieve um, and thankfully in, 20, in 2015 I was able to, to, to get a degree so yeah it was a nice feeling. I was doing a bit of research the other day and Megan Connolly's name popped up and when I was reading it said that you were you had some involvement in getting her to Florida. Just a small, yeah a small bit yeah I, was, I knew of her and how talented she was back home and seeing her with the under-17s and 19s national team and doing so well with them and playing down in Cork. So um, I knew about the girl and then I had spoke to Mark. He was the manager over at Florida State and he had asked me if I knew any players to let him know. And this one girl just stuck out to me from all the rest at the time. And so I mentioned him to her and I mentioned her to him and, you know, he got in contact with her and from there it just, she came over and a visit. She loved it and just... Yeah, it went from there, and thankfully she's been able to do really well for the college, and she was there my senior year, so it was nice to be able to help her along and help her integrate, I guess, with the team before I eventually left. It's mad that you actually got the opportunity to play with her, especially after putting her name out there to come over to America. That You must have formed quite a good bond with Megan. Yeah, definitely. I know she's a talented girl, and you know she's always said to me, I'm so thankful for you getting me over here, because without you I wouldn't have done it, but... You know, personally, I think she's she's always had a talent. I never did that for her. The only thing I'd done was, was to get her to Florida State, and thankfully it was help. It was like the college was able to bring out her ability to the best it could be. So um, she's a great girl, and she's obviously now in the national team with me as well, and we've got, yeah, a good friendship. And I'll always chat to her and see how she's doing over there, and hopefully when she turns pro, she'll end up either staying over there or coming back. But she'll always have a good... She, I know she'll have a good career in her life. There was a lot of talk before you left Florida about the possibility of you entering the draft. Was that ever something you considered? Um, at the beginning, yeah, it was something I considered. But I think when I thought about everything else, I've been away from family for three years. Uh, I wanted to come home and be closer to them so that dad and family were able to fly over and watch me play. That was a big thing for me, not being able to have them at my games. So um, mentally, it was, it was nicer to be able to be closer to home. Um, but I think as well as that, for me, the draft didn't suit me because I know when you get picked from the draft, the team who picks you have your rights. And I think whether it be for a year or two years, they're in control of where you go and where you play. So, you know, I, I didn't I didn't really like that thought of, 
you know, not having the certainty and the security of being able to live somewhere because within four to six weeks you could be up and gone and into a different club, you know. So I think it was just more stable for me to come back home and be closer closer to family. It's fair to say the NWSL is a lot more cutthroat than maybe the Women's Super League because we've seen even with Stephanie Roach with Houston, she was a bit unlucky that she was actually playing all right for them and it was just that they were short defenders where they had to cut an international player. So things like that you're always running the risk of. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, it is a cutthroat league. Um, they're, they're a new league and they're, they're still developing and there's a lot of talent out there and it has got better and it's improved over the years and I, I guess it can only continue to improve um, and hopefully those things will become a lot more secure for players because I know a lot of the players who have left college as well and you know it's just hard to to have that security and that safety blanket basically around you to be able to know that you're at least there at club for a year not just six to twelve weeks. If we compare Florida State University to Man City what's the facilities like if you were to compare them to them? I think they're on a, on a level par. For me when I left Florida State I never thought I'd see it again the likes of what I got over there and coming home and then get, getting asked to go over and train with Man City I think when I got there and seen the facilities that they had you know Florida State was huge and obviously everything in America is 10 times bigger than everywhere else in the world but they had an 80,000 school and it was zoned around every sport so they had baseball football softball soccer but I think Manchester City Academy is obviously just based around soccer so it's the equivalent but just football so for me it was yeah it was it was quite similar and, and on a level par when I seen it, I just couldn't turn it down, like when I went to the States. But like you talk about, I spoke to Nadine Ryan, who's in Oakland University, and she says about the facilities, they're unbelievable. Did you ever get to watch much of the sports while you were there? Yeah, I went to plenty of football games, baseball games, volleyball. We went to every sport, really, you could go to when we were available to play, because obviously our season runs at the same time as a lot of other sports. So well, if you're away and they're at home, it's, it's tough to obviously go and see them, but... I think every athlete supported each other and that's what I really liked about it was it's even though it was 80,000 people it was like a community in a sense because you know everyone supported everyone and everyone knew how well each team was doing and wanted the whole college to succeed so yeah we got along well with everyone. Just I was reading something that Carly Lloyd actually said the other day she was saying that Heather O'Reilly and Christian Dunn said the same thing being three American internationals that when they were in America they train with the club and then they go off and do their own gym work. Whereas with the likes of Man City, it's all there. The players come in in the morning, have breakfast together. How important is that that you're there, everything is done together as a routine, your gym sessions and your pitch sessions? Yeah, definitely. It's it's somewhere where I know a lot of teams want to be and they're striving to get there. Uh, hopefully they'll get there in the near future. But for for me and for the club, like it's it's an unbelievable feeling to be able to, to come in and have your breakfast and, and sit with the team and be able to bond with the team as such and not have that stress of, well, it's not even stress, but because a lot of players I know still do it, but to, to have food handed to you and be able to have your breakfast and then train and then have your lunch and then even train after that, like, to be able to have that covered and to not have to think about that is is something that I'm really obviously thankful for and grateful that, that it's there for us. It's fair to say, since their introduction to the WSL, Man City have really embraced the women's game, haven't they? Yeah, I think over the last four years, the plan is to, to grow and develop the, the women's side of things in in, uh, in that club. and They've been able to do that not only on the pitch with the first team, but they've now got an academy set up for girls. Um, so it is going places and hopefully it will just continue to grow and, and help women's football along to become more equal on par with, uh, with the men that's, that's in the academy. 
we've seen you've played alongside Steph Horton. We've obviously spoke about Carly Lloyd. How much has play, playing alongside this sort of players brought your game on? I mean, being injured for the last year and a bit, it was, it was quite tough for me to be able to be around them but uh, on the pitch. But um, just being around them in the dressing room, in the gym, um, when you're eating, it's, it's great to just hear of experiences of what they've gone through and obviously being to Euros and Olympics and World Cups because obviously... Unfortunately, our national team has not gone there yet, which hopefully, fingers crossed, France 2019 will be there. But to sit with those players and just learn of their experiences and then being able to train and eventually play with them was, yeah, it's, it's a great feeling to, to be able to play with the best footballers in the world at women's, at women's level. So for me, I've, I can only develop as a player and fingers crossed I'll continue to develop over the next year. Carly Lloyd was a major coup for Man City though, wasn't she? Yeah, it was unbelievable when she got brought into the team and everyone was I think at first well I personally was in awe of, of her because of what she's done and achieved but at the end of the day she's just another footballer and when you get to know her she's a great person on and off the pitch and I think her mentality was a big thing that stuck out for me was you know she just she trained and trained and trained and she always wanted to improve and always wanted to develop and get better even at her age and after what she's achieved she still wants to improve and for me I thought that those little things away from it and you know just taking little things from such a great world-class player can hopefully develop me but yeah she's a she was an unbelievable talent to be around to to play with just we'll move on to just discuss Ireland for a bit um you really came to promise in 2010 with the goal against the Germans it was actually the first time I'd actually really caught notice of the women's game but it's mad how far you've come since 2010 scoring a goal against Germany a side who hadn't been beaten in under 70 and 11 in a long time it was a nice feeling it seems like a long long time ago now that me and all the girls were were back in Switzerland playing against Germany and and winning that game I don't think obviously I scored the goal but you know it all came down to those that group of girls and it was a special group and going to the World Cup and getting to the quarterfinal and doing so well as a team where people didn't know about us and Ireland everyone was like who's Ireland and stuff and when we got to the World Cup and playing against top teams like Ghana and then we, when we played event uh, Japan in the quarterfinals, you know, that it was just such a nice feeling to be able to experience those things at such a young age um, and something that I'll never forget. I remember telling Rihanna Jarrett recently that I think it was 10 of that squad have been capped at senior level for Ireland. Yeah, it's a great achievement to be able to see that from 2010, you know, like you just said, 10 of us have been capped and some of us are continually being capped with the full national team and I think it gives it gives hope and it, it gives something for those younger girls to look up to to know you know I can make it into the squad if I'll keep working hard and um, from seeing where we came from that they can do it as well Back in the Ireland camp last um, couple of weeks ago after 15 months out that must be pleasing to put the green jersey on again Yeah the best, it's the best feeling in the world when you get to put the green jersey on and, and play for your country I think there's nothing better than it um, so for me getting back on the grass whether it be left wing left back or or anywhere else on the pitch. Once I was out there helping the team and doing what I could for the team, was it was an unbelievable feeling to be to be back out there in Tallis Stadium and in front of our home fans and and playing with the girls again. Probably not the weather conditions you would have wanted, though, was it? Yeah, it was. It was a bit like I was at a swimming <laughs> swimming event, but <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, it was. I was back in the green jersey. I was under a new management, getting back in with the girls. You know, learning the the new ways of the staff and and everyone involved. So. For me, I couldn't complain about, about a little thing like the weather because I was just really happy to be back out there. 
I've seen a lot of people talking about Colin Bell since he's come in. What's been your impressions? Everything I've heard, I've met him a few times myself, and everything's been positive. What's been your impressions of Colin? Yeah, he's a, he's a great man, and I've only spoke to him a few times, but even learning from him on the training pitch, he's, he's got a lot of knowledge and, and depth within the game, and he's won a lot of trophies with a lot of teams, so um, we're very thankful to have him in the, in, the, in the camp, and just looking forward to working with him over the next, obviously, two weeks now when we go to Scotland. And then eventually into the World Cup, World Cup uh, campaign to go to hopefully France. So you know it's it's a new stage for us as a as a country, and we've got a lot of things in the last few months that we're thankful for. Um, but just moving forward now, we just want to do well as a country and be able to hopefully make our first uh, finals tournament. You talk about you've got a lot of things that you wanted for. You were right in front with a lot of girls who stood up for your um, for what you believed in. It's great to be able to now concentrate on football without having to worry about things off the field, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a lot better than what it was. And we're really thankful, like I said, for what we've achieved. But now it's about putting that into place and, you know, being able to show that we de- deserved it by putting back on the pitch and being able to qualify for these major tournaments now. It's now on us to, to qualify. Considering it was Iceland a couple of weeks ago and Scotland next week, it's two excellent friendlies to, to build up into the next qualifying campaign, isn't it? Two sides who are going to the European Championships. Yeah, Colin had said that and he wants us to, to play against the best teams and the, the teams that are qualifying for these major tournaments and to see how far we are off them or, or if we're level with them and, and can compete at those levels. And Thankfully, we were able to do so in dogged conditions against Iceland. But yeah, it's going to be a good test for us against Scotland now next week. They're a good team, they're a good side and... They're heading to the, their first Euro, so hopefully for us it will be an experience that we'll learn from and, and see where they're at in compared to us. And, you know, come France 2019, we'd like to be maybe playing them in a group stage rather than a friendly before they head off. It's fair to say with the squad that's available now in Ireland, it really is only a matter of time before there's qualification for a major competition. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of wealth, depth and experience within that within the team, but there's also a lot of youth that are coming up through from Ireland. Um, and so it's nice to see the younger girls getting their chance and, and taking it too you know some girls may come in and be overwhelmed by the situation but I think everyone that I've seen come in and, and train has done well with the team and deserves to be there and has earned their place so it can only go go up for us as a as a national team and fingers crossed it continues to do so with the youth and the development of the younger girls Talk to me about playing left wing against Iceland have you played there before? Um, I think once previously um, when we were playing for when I was playing under Sue but I think before that I've, I nah maybe as a kid in five side but I never really played left wing but like I said before when, when Colin uh, asked me to play left wing you know I, I took it with both hands because I was back in a green jersey I was back on the grass and to me it doesn't matter where I play for a national team if I'm able to give everything I can give and and put in a performance for the team then I'm going to do it like we've seen you posting on social media just after the game or was, I think it could have been just before the game, the picture of your number 12 jersey with your name on the back, and it just symbolised how important it was for you just to have that jersey. Yeah, from just being back in the green jersey and and to be able to perform again, no matter what the number, no matter where the occasion, who you're playing, like just to be back and playing for your country again, for me personally, is an unbelievable achievement after being so long out. I think for me as well, after the game, a young girl came up to me and asked me for my jersey and you know to have little things like that obviously I've given her the jersey and, and to have her run away to her dad and be like oh, I got the jersey you know that's what I want and that's what I want to see is like to be able for me to give back to younger kids again and, and hope that in the near future that she'll hopefully one day be wearing 
wearing an Ireland jersey too, playing for our country, you know. It's all about the development of, of the game and, and helping younger girls see that there is a pathway to get to the national team and to be able to play there and that you can do it too, you know. For me, it was it was quite an honour for a young girl to be able to come over to me and ask for my jersey because um, I was once in her position too, you know. That's something else though, little kids coming and asking for jerseys. Like, we even seen after games, despite the rain, the kids still wanted their pictures, wanted their autographs and the girls duly obliged. Yeah, definitely. I think it's only right you should do because they've come out of their way to come and support you. And like I said, we've all been in that situation where you're all watching your watching your role models and and people that you look up to playing football. And if that's what you want to do, you're gonna you're gonna sit there and you're gonna wait it out. And so to be able to give, even if it's a littlest thing like signing a signing a jersey or signing a, a program, you know, you're gonna do it because you want the game to develop and you want those people to keep coming back. And to be able to see that, like I said, there is a pathway and for young girls to be able to continue and we just want to provide that like you, you've since you've come back you've really got a lot of media attention especially back home haven't you uh, yeah well obviously the FA Cup helped me out a lot with that but I think for me personally I'm just trying to get better as a player get better as a person and just to continue developing what I can do on and off the pitch and if I can be a role model to anybody it's an absolute honour you know and to have people looking up to me and being able to you know, want to be where I am. That's something that I've always wanted to be able to do is to give back to not only the community and where I live, but to give back to Ireland as well because I know we're a lot behind other countries in terms of women's team, but if they can look up to us and, and see what we're doing and know that it's achievable, then hopefully the resources will soon follow and we'll be able to, to help it out. But I think, firstly, it, it comes from us competing and being able to qualify for a major tournament. That's going to be a big a big stepping stone in, in younger girls' development within Ireland. You speak about role models. Who would have been your footballing role models growing up? Um, I think you can't, you can't deny Katie Taylor when she used to play. was Obviously, being able to play in two sports was a phenomenal achievement. She took she ended up taking um, a great route in going down the boxing. But other players, like I remember, I know this sounds... I can't believe I'm saying this now, but I have a pair of Emma Burns boots when, when she was playing for Ireland and I was training down in enjoy United Park down here where I live and one of the coaches Grania Cairns who also used to play within the squads came up to me and she took the pair of boots out of the boot um, and I couldn't believe it. and Emma had signed them and stuff and I still have those pair of white night tempos in my uh, in my wardrobe so you know players like that who I'm now playing with was obviously an unbelievable achievement for me then to be able to play with them but yeah just I guess to be able to give back is just a, a big thing for me. Like Emma's still going strong. I think she's 37, 38 now. Yeah, I'm not sure her age, but her, her amount of caps that she has is, is something and somewhere that I want to be, hopefully in the near future, to be able to compete at such a high level for such a long amount of years. It's an unbelievable achievement by anybody. And to be able to say that she's done it and the achievements that she's she's um, done and won loads of trophies with Arsenal as well, you know, she's done a lot in her career and Hopefully, I can be as as successful one day. Just you're looking away from now. You've preseason. You said starts in August. What's the plans now between now and August? Are you back in Ireland, or are you going to be based in the UK until preseason starts? Um, I'm in Ireland at the minute. I've gone through two weeks of training where I've been up in the gym and trying to just keep my fitness ticking over. Being out on the grass as much as I can as well, and um, just to try and get myself back on the ball before meeting with the national team. We meet up on the Monday in Castle Knock and so I'll be in with the team until the 8th 
from there I'm back with Man City so I'll take according to their schedule I'll have another three weeks off and then we come in the end of July and pre-season starts for me obviously for the girls who are at the Euros they'll join us at our pre-season tour but for now it's just it's my focus has turned to um, the Ireland camp and trying to stay fit for that and perform as best as I can when I get in with the girls and against Scotland. Is it hard though just working in the gym without having, having pitch sessions? Yeah, definitely. It's never easy when you're not on the ball as a footballer. That's what you want to do, don't you? You don't want to run, you don't want to be in the gym. But at the end of the day, these things also help you to be able to become a better footballer. So for me, I know I've seen a lot of development in my body over the last year when I've been injured to see the muscle growth and stuff like that. And it's prevented a lot more injuries that I could have eventually had. So, you know, it's a, if it stops niggles, it stops aches and pains, then I'm willing to do anything that it takes to to stay on the pitch, to stay fit. Last thing before we finish, I had Rihanna Jarrett on episode one and she was slagging the accent. She said you went to Florida and got a Florida accent, then went to Man City and got a Manchester accent. Any response? Uh, nah, she's not lying. I've got a horrible accent. I don't know where they all came from. But um, everywhere I go, I pick up an accent. I seem to do it so easily. I don't know what's wrong with me, but uh, I'll take the banter off her. I don't mind. But I think for me... It's not, I don't have bad to give back. I'm just, you know, really happy to see her back on the grass and to see her come off the bench um, for Wexford Youths the other night was a really nice feeling because I've, I've played alongside her and, and I've seen how hard she's worked to get back her fitness after all those ACL injuries, continuous injuries, you know. And she's a great role model to girls as well to, to have people look at her and go, like, to have that never-say-die attitude and I'm going to play and I'm going to continue to play and fight for what I want to do. Um, so, yeah, it was just great to see her back on the grass and, and seen her play again where her knees. It's funny that I spoke to Rihanna not long after surgery, and the thing she said to me is, she goes, I can't quit. I've, she goes, you could clearly see that football is everything she has, and just her passion and her enthusiasm, it's unbelievable, and I really think that she, poss- she possibly is one of the best role models in Ireland to look up to for kids who may be struggling with an injury here, here and now. Yeah, definitely. I think even for me personally, to be able to look at her and see many ACL injuries uh, and surgeries that she's gone through, you know, I can't. I can't complain when I when I roll my ankle and I'm out for six to eight weeks when she's done it for four years on on the trot, you know. Like to see people like that and to see how they battle through and come back. To me, even I look up to her because personally, I want to to have that mental strength to be able to to not give up. And if something does go against you in any walk of life, like it doesn't have to be just football, that you're not going to give up on it, you know. And and she's someone that I think a lot of people can take. A lot from. Megan, I'd like to thank you very much for your time and I wish you nothing but the best of luck with Man City next season. Thank you. Thanks, Aaron. Appreciate it.